0: Chocolate chip cookies. Who here likes chocolate chip cookies? When I was a kid, I was obsessed with chocolate chip cookies. In fact, I have a memory from like probably three or four years old, and my mom and I, just my mom and I went to the grocery store, and she put me in the grocery cart, you know, the toddler seat, And um, she said to me, do not ask for chocolate chip cookies. See, I, I must have been like on a binge of chocolate chip cookies and ate all of them, and my sisters got none of them. So this was my effort to be temperate, all right? So we're going in and out of the aisles, and we're grocery shopping. And then we come to the cookie aisle. Do you think I asked for chocolate chip cookies? I was so weak, so weak. So I asked, I asked for chocolate chip cookies again and again and again and again as we go all the way down the aisle and again and again and again and again. And my mom just kept saying, no, 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 no. And I was completely frustrated, okay? so. By the time we got into the checkout line, my mom's taken groceries out of the cart and giving it to the cashier, and in an act of desperation, I stood up from my seat, and out loud I said, for the love of God, will someone please buy me chocolate chip cookies? <laughs> you think my mom bought me chocolate chip cookies at that time? No. She did not. But there was this little old lady in the aisle next to me and she just bought all of her groceries and she took out of the bag, a bag, a whole bag of chocolate chip cookies and she brought it over to me. And as she was walking away, she looked at my mom. (laughs) Now, when I got home, Do you think my mom let me eat those chocolate chip cookies? Heck no. She took me into the kitchen, opened the bag of chocolate chip cookies, and on top of of the trash can, she crumbled every single one of them into the trash can. My mom was like the devil. (laughs) At least that's what I thought, right? I mean, at that point, I did not have happy, warm, fuzzy feelings about my mom. Now I tell that story in order to say this, sometimes the way that little boy treated his mother is the way we treat God when it comes to prayer. Like, Jesus was teaching us about prayer in Luke chapter 11. We ask God over and over and, over and 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 over again for whatever it is that we're praying for. And it can be something mundane and not very important and selfish or it could be really important things like our health and the health of another person. And when we don't get what we want, what we think we should get, what we think that God should give us and in the way he should give it to us and how he should give it to us and when he should give it to us and so on, then what do we do? We hate God. Or we stop praying to him and we start just kind of looking to ourselves And making sure that we take care of ourselves. Going after the things in this world on our own. Rather than with and through God. And it doesn't stop there. Right? Because when we stop praying to God. Because God is not performing the way we expect him to perform. Then we also stop worshiping. That's what goes next. Stop communicating with Him. Make ourselves our own gods that we're not trusting in God. We can only trust in ourselves and our own powers. Then we stop worshiping God. And here's the thing about prayer. Prayer was always meant to bring us closer to God not further away from Him. We were, prayer was always meant to lead us to worship God, not lead us away from worship of God. And we were made for worship of God, not the worship of this world or all of its things or ourselves or other people. I mean, how can we hope to, at the end of life, stand before God and expect to get into heaven where we will be worshiping him for all of eternity when we couldn't and wouldn't worship him here and now because he didn't jump through the hoops that we told him to jump through in our prayers. There's something that we've gotten wrong in regards to our prayer that's messing up our worship and messing up our lives in our world. So, what to do with it? Jesus provides the answers for us today in a couple of different parts. So let's begin with the last part a father. Jesus says, What father among you would give his son a snake if he asked for a fish to eat? And it's a rhetorical question because no father would do that. You want the good of your children. And so Jesus says, and so you who are imperfect, who know nevertheless how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to you when you ask? You notice what Jesus just did? He didn't say, how much more will your Heavenly Father give you good gifts when you ask for good gifts? He doesn't say that. Because he knows that he is not the big cookie dispenser God in the sky. He's not that. He says, how much more will the Father give you the Holy Spirit if you ask for it, what he's getting at here is the prayer that he will answer for us is if we ask for the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, if we're asking like every day, come, Holy Spirit, come and dwell in my life, shape and form my mind my thinking, my heart, and what I set it upon, my soul and what is important to me. Come, Holy Spirit. And when we do that, the Holy Spirit can orient our prayer and orient us as prayers when we pray so that our prayers, no matter if they're answered or not, and in the way that we want them to be answered or not, Will we always lead us to worship of God. Whether we get something important in our life through prayer or we don't, or whether God answers it in a different way that we didn't expect it. If we don't get it, we get Him. If we don't get it in the way we expect it, we still get Him. And in fact, we can see Him working in a broader periphery than our narrow visions. When we see Him then, we worship Him. We love Him. We trust Him. We follow Him. And that's what prayer is supposed to lead us to. And that's what Jesus says then. So he said, so go ahead and ask. Seek. Knock. And you will receive. The door will be open. You will find. You will will find me. And seeking through for me. in all of your prayers. You you can pray for whatever. He said, go ahead and ask. Go ahead and seek. Go ahead and knock. Pray for whatever you're going to pray for. But always, always that that prayer, the purpose of it is to lead us to God. Not to the answer that we want. And pray consistently. Like the story of the persistent neighbor. Jesus is saying, you should be persistent. Come, knock on your neighbor's door in the middle of the night. And if he doesn't get up for you because he's your friend, he'll get up for you because of your persistence. So ask away, like that kid in a cookie aisle. There's nothing wrong with being persistent in prayer and asking for whatever you're gonna ask for. As long as you let prayer do its work, and the only way that prayer is gonna do its work is if we ask for the Holy Spirit to lead us in all prayer, through all prayer to the goal of our prayer and jesus teaches us that in the most beautiful prayer that he's ever taught us and a prayer that we all know by heart and every christian around the world knows you see before these parables that he teaches us i just went through his disciples are with him and they see him praying and obviously what they see him doing praying is something good and they want it for themselves and the fact it is good and so they say to Jesus teach us how to pray and Jesus says okay I'll teach you how to pray and he teaches them the Our Father, the Lord's Prayer. And right in the middle of the Lord's Prayer are these words. Give us this day our daily bread. Are we supposed to be asking God for our daily bread, like our, our daily food? Yes. But is that what it means? No. No not alone. You see, before this, at the beginning of the Our Father, the three petitions are directed to the Father. And at the end, the last three petitions are directed towards us and our needs. But right in the middle, meaning it's important, is this, and give us this day our daily bread. But here's the problem. In English, we hear daily bread. But the Gospels were not written in English or Chinese or Japanese or Spanish or Italian. It was written in Greek. And so the qualifier for bread is not daily bread. The qualifier for bread is a Greek word, epiousios, and it does not mean daily Let's break it apart, epiousius. Epi is like the epidermal level of your skin, you know, you have different layers of skin. It's the top level, epi is top or above or if you take it through the Latin, it's super, super, okay? And then ousius is the substance of a thing. It's what makes a thing a thing. Or if you take it through the Latin, it's its nature. It's the very nature of a thing. Alright? So that means, when the disciples are asking Jesus, teach us how to pray, then He says, and give us this day our super substantial bread. Or if you take it through the Latin, give us this day Are supernatural bread. Now, what do you think that Jesus means when he's teaching his disciples to say, to pray, and he says, here's how you're to pray. Pray for your supernatural bread. What is he referring to? What's he referring to? The Eucharist. The Eucharist is the supernatural bread. And the most common prayer over history and over all nations and unto all tongues, the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father, right in the middle of it, Jesus is teaching us to pray for the Eucharist. Why? Because He knows it's the most powerful prayer and it is the most powerful form of worship. And just like in the beginning, if we're not praying because God's not answering our prayers, it will soon lead us to not worshipping Him. And specifically, not worshipping Him in the most powerful way that we can worship Him, which is in the Eucharist. But it's reversed here. When we're here, like on a Sunday morning, and, and we're about ready to celebrate the Eucharist. Before we receive the Eucharist, we worship Him in the Eucharist. And we worship Him in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because that bread and wine doesn't change into the body, blood, and soul, and je- divinity of Jesus Christ. The Eucharist, and unless through the Holy Spirit, So it's by by the power of the Holy Spirit that this Eucharist, Jesus comes to us and makes this bread supernatural, super substantial bread. And then when we receive Jesus in us, when we wholly commune with Him, we do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. So our worship of Jesus in the Eucharist then leads us to pray. Because He dwells in us. And we're here for an hour. And then we're sent out for the other 167 other hours of the week. In order to pray to Him. So that all of our prayers, as persistent as they are, and as we ask, and as we seek, and as we knock, all lead us back to worship of Him which is the purpose of prayer itself and the reason why we're in this world. And at the center of that, and at the center of that prayer, when the disciples ask, teach us how to pray, is the Eucharist. So, if you're struggling with prayer, like that little boy that sometimes I still am as a man, If you struggle sometimes in similar ways with all the prayers that are on your heart and calling them up to the Lord and sometimes tempted because God doesn't answer your prayer the way you think it should be answered, as important and as profound as that prayer may be or not, the way through that, the way through stopping yourself from stopping praying to him Stopping yourself from walking away from him Stopping yourself From worshiping yourself meaning pushing him to the side and you become your own God who only you are reliable To meet the needs that you know you need and other people need stopping yourself from making the decision now that you will never worship Him in heaven because you do not worship Him now. If you're struggling in these ways, the way through it is to be a disciple. A disciple follows a master, a teacher and ask God, as the first disciples did, Teach me how to pray. And Jesus will say to you, here's my prayer to my Father. And at the middle of it, He'll teach you. Pray, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our supernatural bread. And then raise your life up and raise all of these beautiful children up in this prayer that leads us to the worship of our God in the Eucharist, that will forever be the remedy for us getting prayer wrong, worship in this world wrong, in our lives wrong.